You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. And welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. Good afternoon, everybody. I am Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan and joined by EP Ringside and Chapshots Sean Shapiro and... Great news. We had a record week here on Spits and Suds. Uh, must be because we are non-cheerleaders, my friend. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm enjoying, uh, enjoying the Friday. I'm, uh, it's, we've got a week until the trade deadline, and roughly uh, at this time uh, next week, we can all sleep a little bit easier and not uh, worry about rushing to our phones every time it buzzes because something may have happened. Yeah, so let's get right into it. Um, You had uh, some good uh, Twitter viral attention because you made the call, got in touch with Jim Nill, and bring us the latest as far as the big news that you had um, that is on Shap Shots as well as you put it out on Twitter is that first-round draft picks he will not give up uh, for expiring rental contracts. Yes, and so it's, it's it's obviously not the most stunning news in the world that that Jim Nill is going to be careful about protecting his assets, but it is. I, I think it's an important context that we haven't really had out there on the record properly because a lot of times people would talk about the the stars and Patrick Kane and the stars and and this and this player or anything like that and. The reality is, at the end of the day, Jim Neal was never willing to really spend the price that it will cost someone to get Patrick King. The, the fact of the matter is. And, it's, and so, to me, it was important when I was reporting out this piece and talking and speaking to Jim, just, okay, the rental market, where, where do you look at, what's available? And Jim, in those uncertain terms, essentially said, like he said on the record, there's not use a first round pick on a rental. He was also he was also key to point out, and I'll get the exact, make sure I have the, the line exactly too. He says, yeah, I also asked him like, okay, so what about futures assets and, and prospects? Because the stars obviously have a pretty good prospect pool right now. You have a position of surplus almost for the first time in a long time. And um, Jim essentially said, I've got four or five guys who aren't on our team that we put time into, and I think they're all going to play and be long time Dallas stars. Are they completely untouchable? No, but the price is very, very high. And for a rental, untouchable. I'm not going to give up a young player that I think is going to play for next for the next five to seven years, especially with their current entry-level contracts in a tight cap system. They are too valuable. So you've got the 
first round pick, which Dallas didn't have a 2023, but you could trade a 2024 or 2025 or even a 2026 if you want to be super far down the line. Um, so the Stars aren't going to – he's not trading first-round picks. He's not trading from that list of the top prospects for a rental. Um, and that list – and while Jim would not give me what that list is, using an educated guess, that list is – I know Wyatt Johnson's on the NHL roster already, but we're going to include him, um, Logan Stankoven, Thomas Harley, Maverick Bork, and Liam Bischel who is the uh, young Swiss defenseman who is getting uh, who's been very good and they used a first round pick on. So um, those guys aren't getting moved at the deadline for a rental. Now, could there be uh, for a piece supplier term? Obviously that makes it a different scenario, but it gives us a better idea of how the stars look at and how Jim Nill looks at where this team is and what he's willing to spend because he looks at, um, drafting, not drafting, sorry, trading for Nils Lundqvist this past summer as he looks at the reason he was willing to spend a first-round pick on Lundqvist is because he felt like I was just going to draft a player like Lundqvist anyway and and I basically sped up the timeline on it. So that's the only type of player that Jim is willing to use a first-round pick on in some of these other high-level assets. Uh, and it's an important context for us to add through all of this because a week from the deadline, the stars do need, you and I have talked, the stars definitely need to do some shopping and they need to be they need to be active and listening in the market. But it also tells us that unless something really comes into play and we're talking a big move that changes for something with term, it's gonna be hard to see the stars really doing much of anything, just 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 honestly, just kind of reading between the lines on on, on Nil's words because a rental forward is going to cost, especially if you get close to the deadline and you, as, as guys start coming off the board, the price is going to be high. A, a defenseman is going to be pulling off the trade for the defenseman with term is going to be interesting, but I don't know if the stars are going to be, have the appetite for that now because Jim also talked a little bit about setting stuff up for the summer. So it's, it's an interesting space and it just gives us a much better idea for, what the stars should do. And I want to throw this back to you, Gavin, because I see, I, I put the story out and I see some people tweet and tweeting and things like that. And I see some people who got incredibly um, disappointed or, and, I, and fan is short for fanatic. So I, I love that. And I, I, I love the passion on and everything like that, but it was, I want to throw it to you, Gavin, to just kind of tee up the fact that people are like, well, why, why wouldn't they want Patrick Kane? Why wouldn't, why wouldn't they be willing to pay the price for Patrick Kane? And I know that's a very, and it's obviously fresh in people's mind of what Patrick Kane yeah. can do after what happened the other night. I want to throw it back to you on when you look at this balance of avoiding the down cycle, avoiding and, and, and finding the right fit. And I just wanted to throw it to you to kind of take us from there on. When it comes to Kane, when it comes to a piece like that, where's the line? So that's very interesting. I tweeted the other day during the game that, I feel as though Patrick Kane is a great piece that would improve. I just I don't think that necessarily guarantees a cup run, though, with the way they're playing. I feel as though, due to the recent woes, and I know it can turn around at any time, but I'm seeing multiple places that need to be filled. So for that, I'm not saying they're not a cup contender. What I am saying is, is that I think it's going to take multiple chips and one chip and mortgaging your future 
um, I think would make Stars fans happy on the short term. However, long term, I think I just know that there's enough hype and you watch enough tape on these guys. Granted, it's not guaranteed, but I mean, we're looking at a really good piece in Stankoven. Maverick Bork has shown tremendous improvement this year at Texas, especially in the back half. Um, we desperately need a large defenseman who can handle the puck and Bishop handle, you know, that's, that's yeah. him. So I know all these pieces are young. I'm not saying they're going to all work out, but personally I'm at the point where for the first time in a while, I guess maybe since Robertson Ottinger, you knew these were strong pieces. Yeah. And if we look back, there was sentiment among Stars fans at the time that to make moves. Remember, Jim Nill wasn't making moves at that time, and a lot of people were like, Jim Nill likes this team. Well, he probably did like the pro team, but at the same time, he didn't want to give up those pieces. Imagine the frustration of Stars fans if we had given up uh, a, a Robertson or an Ottinger, and people can say, well, you know, I mean, obviously new. Well, Vegas didn't know Nick Suzuki, you know. I mean, if they had to take Nick Suzuki back, they certainly would. And that's where you have to be careful because Vegas is one of those teams you and I have talked about that they're all in. And when you're all in, that's awesome for the fan base. But long term, I'm not sure it's the play. So, that kind of got me thinking, and I was like, Sean's right. Jacob Chikrin is the piece. And why he's the piece is he improves the team immediately. I think the other night we clearly saw that this team needs a quarterback. That's yeah. not a knock against Miro Haskinen, but we have to be realistic that he has not, uh, in my opinion, filled that void of John Klingberg. He fills it in other ways. He's a tremendous defenseman, but – I think we need, you know, a top tier defenseman where he comes on the ice in the power play. And, you know, he's not only the quarterback, but he's a threat at the blue line. And so with two years left, uh, you know, that is great. And at only 4.5 million, that's even better. So I really like what you're saying about Chikrin. I think in the case of Van Riemsdyk for Philadelphia, you're right. The asking price would probably be higher more than the value but maybe you throw a future second and third, and maybe they bite at the last second if no one's taking them. But, you know, it's come down to, I I don't know unless Jim Nil makes the Chikrin splash if he can please Stars fans, because, yeah. you, I mean, we, we saw, we've seen it in the past, you know, in the past few weeks with the haul that these teams are getting um, for these pieces and I wanted to ask you yesterday because the Bruins yeah. made a big splash yeah. and they gave up some good assets. So, you know, they're all in and rightfully so with an aging Bergeron and an aging Marchant and an aging Coyle, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I just think, you know, this team has a big future ahead. And that's why I'm kind of like, I got to go with nil on this. Stay the course. And if you can pick up a, a piece or two, great, but don't mortgage your future. Yeah, the one that would be interesting to me, and I think from a forward perspective, and it's not just because of his recent, I mean, obviously he and Patrick Kane combined to kill the Stars on Wednesday night, but I would be curious to see um, where the market falls on Max Domi when, you, when you're talking yeah. about 
when you're when you're talking about a rental space, and I, I I don't think Max Domi is going to net a first round pick or a top prospect, but I think it's something where he's also someone to me where I look at Domi and I know he's. I think he's 27. I he is 27. 27. I looked yeah. it up the other so, night. So so he's someone who I would be curious about. Is that the space where you could look at from a rental perspective of second, third round range, maybe a B-list prospect, but someone who, frankly, you could resign. Someone yeah. who is at 27, he's not the... The, thing, the interesting like, the thing about Patrick Kane is this doesn't usually happen in hockey. But with Patrick Kane, I could actually see it happening, where a guy goes somewhere and then actually goes back somewhere. It very rarely happens in the NHL. Where, but Patrick Kane has talked a lot about how he's going to pick his pick his destination. Really loves his family life in Chicago and everything like that. Like Patrick Kane, I think is the purest of pure rentals for whatever team it is. He's going to. It would not surprise me if he ends back up in Chicago just because of that. So, I would be interested in Domi. Like I've I've, I've, I've spoken my piece on Chickren. I think he would be such an asset to this team to add a place either whether it's either with Hishkinen or on a second pair where you have them going over the boards for each other like I think it would be such a great fit and I, I was laughing at something the other day because I've, I've seen some or today even I saw a couple people on Twitter who were like well who do you take out of the lineup like that's a problem like this is a problem that's wonderful to have yeah you for Jacob Chitron and you're and all of a sudden you're worried about who to take out of the lineup I'm thrilled with that right. like I don't really like this is a guy who I think Colin Miller has been, for what he's done, he's been great. He's yep. completely outperformed his station, and that's great. But if you're telling me I can either have Jacob Chitrin or Colin Miller playing with Miro or in the top four, it's a no-brainer. For like, The key is to put the best team on the ice. The key is to, the key is to make all of that fit, and then you figure it out, and then you figure out the, the fallout if you have to. But this team, I look at it that way. You... There are some steps this team needs to take. I think there is a space. There's a player out there in Chikrin who you can add right away who can help take those steps. And I think you have to remember it's okay to be part of a – the Stars are in kind of a nice window part where you can look to try to win this year. Because you're in the West, the Stars still have a chance. Like that's, yeah. that's the thing where it's like I think pe- like people are like – like ah, oh, this team has no chance. If this team was in the East, you'd be like, okay, you know what? Are the are you going to be able to beat Carolina, Boston, and Tampa three series in a row? I don't think so. But you don't have to beat those team three. All the stars have to do is they have to emerge from a wide open Western Conference, and then you have to win four games out of seven against the Eastern team. The stars can do that. The stars yeah. can win the Stanley Cup because they are in the West. So if you're Dallas and if you're Jim Nill, you have that chance to win a cup this year. You do. But you also have a chance to, you may even be, be an even better team next year as well as when you have a Logan St. Coven come in on an entry-level contract. So I think the key, and it's, it's kind of this patience thing, like, am I going to pick Dallas to win the Cup this spring? No. But if they won the Cup, would I be stunned? No. I, I think that's not a bad spot to right. be. And we had this big, big talk, uh, obviously, about the nature of this market earlier this week, right? And I think there's there's something that we have to kind of establish because people will – a lot of the people who listen to this show are hockey fans, and I know they're the people that will follow the team through thick and thin no matter what. And so this really isn't for those people. But at the end of the day, in a market like Dallas, you're not allowed to rebuild. Like I, I And so, like, for example, the – 
you're not allowed to rebuild because you fall off the face of relevancy. All of a sudden, any momentum you have disappears. So Jim Nill doesn't have the video game world or an original six world where he can just be like, okay, you know what? We can punt for three years on drafts because we can. We know we're still going to be one of the biggest shows in town, whether we're good or bad. Yeah. The stars aren't allowed to rebuild. They have an ownership group, and, 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 and in order for that ownership group to make money, they have to make the playoffs every year. Like, you don't get to rebuild. The stars from a business model and from a, popular, from a um, general popularity model in the DFW market you have you, you can't ever rebuild. We saw what happened. The team almost went to bankruptcy at that when that happened and things like that. So it's uh, I think those contexts are important as we go into the deadline because Dallas may do nothing. If they do nothing, this team still has a chance to win the whole thing. I know it's not the best chance in the world, but it's still a chance. And if they do nothing, and if they do something great, but also you don't Honestly, unless it's the certain trade, there's a lot of there's going to be more questions than answers for a lot of some of the other things I hear people will throw out there on Twitter. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, you know, I I was just listing, so I didn't miss anybody, and I might miss somebody. But, I mean, you look at the future, and I think we need to take a step back. Yes, it's an immediacy for Jamie, Ben, and Tyler Sagan. Um or Joe Pavelski. But listen to these names and how young they are. Hints, Robertson, Ottinger, Delandria, Heishkinen, Lundquist, Johnston. Add to that, um, you know, the guys that are coming up. I mean, that is a lot of young talent on one squad. And that's what gets me excited because, you know, I mean, the, the Bruins can't wait. They have to go. And I think it also sent a message yesterday that although the Bruins could set, you know, records as far as regular season, I think in the back of their mind, you know, like I had a Bruins fan contact me on Twitter and replied and said, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, you don't have to pick up pieces. Save for the, it was really nice. Save for the future because the Bruins are going to win the cup. And I said, clearly they're the cup favorites based on the regular season, but I don't think it's going to be an easy time getting through Carolina, Tampa, and Toronto. Now, those three might cancel themselves out before they hit Boston. However, I mean, I could see any of those three taking down the Bruins in a series. Um, The Bruins clearly will be the favorite, but I think that trade was made yesterday to, you know, further enhance, like, you know, this isn't a sure thing, so to speak. So, um, yeah, I feel like the Bruins trade yesterday was them trying to get front get in front of adversity they haven't faced yet. Honestly, like I look at the you add uh, you add a couple guys who add a little bit of the the greasiness, a little bit of that. That that's the team that like not that the team wasn't tough, but right like add a couple of those things yeah. where you get ahead of have a team that really hasn't faced adversity yet. You get ahead of it a little bit, um, and from a Texas perspective too. And this is something that Jim Dill and I spoke about. It's also true. The Stars are in a spot where 
you don't need to make a move for the sake of making a move when it's been shown, it's been proven, the Freddie Karlstroms, the Freddie Olofsons, the, 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 the Jacob Pedersons, all of those guys have come up and played well. Like yeah. You don't need to spend... The fact that you've got a cachet of league minimum level players that are coming in and fitting in and stepping in well, and you have a Texas team down there that's in first place in its, in its division. That's very good. You don't need to... Um, you don't need to over. You don't need to spend to get the fourth liner. You don't because you have that already. You you have this and you have that, and it's it's why I think you come to this spot of like okay, if you're gonna you either swing big for the long term build, or you kind of like okay, we have things moving in the right direction. Honestly, Gavin, like you look at it, really the only thing missing from the Stars' long term plan when you when you look at kind of the long term four or five year plan and is. The only question really becomes is do, will you have a goalie that establishes and, and Jake's obviously young and Jake will be the number one guy, but in today's NHL, yeah. you need you need the one B, right? Like yeah. right now, like right now, if 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 Jake was if if so, if, if, some, if Scott Wedgwood is as he's been a good backup, but we've talked about it. It's not like he's someone who all right. of a sudden like there's other NHL contending teams where you look at it and you're like, like we just talked about Boston. Yeah. Obviously, Olmark has been tremendous, but I'm not upset if Jeremy Swayman is starting a playoff game. And right, like, and so like when you look at Dallas's long-term prognosis and how things set up, both contract-wise and things like that, really the only thing missing right now is a one B that's going to step up and challenge Ottinger. Like you have a team that's built to contend for four or five years, even if you don't add anything, even just from coming from within, and that's a great spot to be in. Yeah, and. It sets up well, too, with when contracts come off the books, when Jamie Benn's contract comes off the book, when Ryan Suter's contract comes off the books. That's when other things will come up. When, when we, I know he gets kicked around a lot on this, but when Radic Fox's contract comes sure, off the sure. books. Sure, yeah, sure. So, so let, me, let me ask you this, yeah, yeah. Um, because I think that was a great lead-in. So Matt Murray was yeah. called up recently. He's 25 yeah. years old. Had a really good career at UMass and Hockey East, so played yeah. at an elite college level. And for the Texas Stars, playing really well, 27 games played, Goals against just over 2.4, 9.05 save percentage. I mean, isn't that kind of a prospect as a backup goalie? Or are they kind of thinking um, like, uh, you know, he might be more of a journeyman? He, he's kind of, it's, let's put like. Because I know he was, I know he yeah. had a good college career, but he wasn't like he was yeah. one of those guys that was going to, you know, get plucked off the market quick. Yeah. I mean, I, I look at Matt Murray as he's, He's 25. He's, I mean, because he's older, like, he's 25. And so it's funny, like, people will think, like, oh, he's young. He's older than Jake Ottinger, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, like, like he's older than Jake Ottinger. Um, and, but, I mean, okay. it, it's, it's so, I'm sorry to interrupt, but it's so yeah. fascinating because you look at, you look at his, yeah. like, UMass career, I'm looking at these stats, and then I'm looking at Texas, and I'm yeah. I'm just like, okay, why isn't he a prospect? That's so fascinating, because every level yeah. he's done pretty well. He's been good. And, and I, I think kind of the thing with, 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 with Murray, and when you look at his game, is I, I think he gives me a... So... The, the great red flag, not red flag, but the great like warning sign on goalie prospects is Colton Point. Colton Point was yes. obviously in the Stars organization. Yeah. 
was a finalist for the Hobie Baker, one yeah. of the top ten finalists for the Hobie Baker as a goalie, came out and just completely just just fell apart. And so there's there's always like there's a bit of the goalies are voodoo thing, which is true. And, and, and I think Murray was to not take anything away. You got to only stop the pucks that are shot at you, but played in a system in UMass that that put him in a good spot to succeed. Yep. And there's he's kind of one of the, he's kind of one of those guys that I personally get to read on and talk to some other people about it in general where he feels more and more like, like that like he feels like a Scott Wedgwood. And it's not and it's nothing against a Scott Wedgwood. It's nothing against that guy, but it's something where it's like that guy is never it's it's always going to be kind of the he's the NHL replacement level if that makes sense where it's it's the guy who is He's, he'll be competent. He could be he's in, a, in a really good organization. He's probably your number three. Is probably the long-term prognostic. But in general, he is. It's it's. He had. He did have a really good like finish down the stretch with Texas yeah. last year. Um, but in general, it's it's something where it's like it's it's hard to put more into his play um, right now for me. Just okay. from a from a combination of a sample texas is obviously a loaded team too um and it's it, so that that doesn't help as well um i still like i have remy poirier i think has been very good actually he's been i really like that um i want to pull up remy's stats right here from idaho because he's been he's, he's been called up he's played a couple games in texas and remy's been yeah when remy's when remy's played with texas i think he's actually been the best texas goalie you know it's only three games with texas but 920 save percentage 226 goals against average that's impressive i really i really like that they've let him um be the guy in idaho like like i actually think that's a big thing where it's like like sometimes people like overreact to a, a prospect being in the ECHL. when it comes to a goalie if it means getting the minutes let him, let him play there i think i'm good with that um i think poirier may be He's a, he's a he was like a flyer pick. I mean, sixth round sixth round pick. He took a flyer on him in twenty twenty. I think he's a guy who you could look at as hopefully he develops to that. But I I really long term I want a goalie to develop and push on. Yeah, I get I know, it. And Jake is always going to push himself. That's that's part of his personality. That's part of his mentality. But I I want a goalie who pushes Jake Ottinger when he does have the. Like right now, so, and not that you can blame Jake at all, but the Blackhawks game the other day, right? Like, he lets up. You you he lets up three goals, and, and all of a sudden they, the team comes, the Stars let up three goals in, in a span of ten minutes and everything like that. If you if Matt Murray's not the backup in that situation, I wonder if another goalie is playing the third. Just, just to be, just to be, just from a perspective of, fair point. Of, of someone to come in, and it's not even out in your fault. I mean, it was a pretty bad defensive breakdown. Yeah, you didn't have another guy who's competent that would come in, or not, not competent, but wouldn't, didn't have someone the coaches deemed as competent to come in and be like, okay, we're going to light a fire under everyone's asses here. Like that was something where it's like, I, I, it's, and the great thing about all this, Gavin, as we're talking, is we're talking about a luxury area, right? Like. We're talking about a space where this is where, if a space where I'm building a dream spot to build over the next four or five years, it's it's a competent one B who's pushing the Jake Andre. Uh-huh. The fact of having that conversation and it's not about well, 
we need to find this defenseman and this forward and this and everything. Like, that's a good thing. So I think I think we need to pause real quick and remind everyone the Stars prospect pool is in a great spot. And Sean just went too far down a tangent. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let me ask you this then. Yeah. When, when we talk about prospects, yes. I think overall, while we've seen some solid yeah. play this year, you and I think he should be in there all the time, but Nils Lundqvist. And yeah. you gave up a first-round pick for him. You know, football, you say, uh, you know, we can reevaluate in two to three years. What would be the hockey equivalent, Sean, in your opinion, that, you know, Nils Lundqvist, where we determine uh, the value if it was worth giving up a first? Um, I would say, because he's 20, 22 right now, I think. I was probably this is 22. I think he's 22 years old. By 25? Um, yeah, I would argue... I would argue at the end of next season would be the first checkpoint when you go into the end of, because he'll be, uh, he's under his current year with the Rangers right now, then he's with the Rangers for the Ranger this season, obviously, and then next season, and then he'll go into that RFA spot. And it'll be, once he once you start hitting those RFA contracts, I think that's when you start to assess, have we made the right choice here? And, um, and, and, uh, and for now, I... I think you can't say they haven't. I think it's still definitely it's way too early to judge on it, and I also think it's too. And I think it's it's okay to it's okay for Lundqvist to be in it. like he should play more, but it's also not the end of the world when he's out of the lineup. I don't think he should ever sit for more than a game, but I, but like the fact of the matter is, I think there's still definitely time, and I would. Uh, yeah, and to me, the big thing will be what happens. What are we looking at after next season? Because he should come into next season as a 82-game-a-year player, assuming he's healthy. He should be someone who has the coach's trust. He should have all of that. How does he really look in year two, and where does it go from there? And that's when I think you start to really assess. Um, and, and, and frankly, it moves up the timeline for some of it. Like, he, bringing in Lundqvist moved up the timeline for some of the things. Like one of the most interesting things about Thomas Harley, and I was talking to somebody, I was talking to somebody from the Stars organization about this the other day, who they, they brought up to me that Thomas Harley, they expected to play in the NHL this season, not from the not and it's not from a perspective of like they expected him to win a job in camp. The stars never expected to be this healthy. Just like like the one of the things that the stars have had yeah. they've been such a healthy team that there's never really been, like, um, there was never really the spot where Thomas Harley had to get called up to play and everything like that. So the Stars kind of expected to learn more about Thomas Harley because of an injury call at some point. And it just never happened. And I think with what Harley's doing in the AHL right now, I think he's on the right track. I think he's moving in the right direction. Um, he's not a patrician, but I still think he's moving in the right direction. Yeah. And uh, it's... I would be. What should he should he be in over any of the current stars defenders? Probably not. But if there was an injury, I don't think if there's an injury, it's, he's coming into play, and I'd be I'd definitely be interested to see what happens. So. Yeah, 